Hello and welcome to the 2IQ crew. I'm Finn. And I'm Tom. And today we're going to be testing out a bit of a new format where instead of going through a specific topic, we're just going to go through, you know, the different bits, you know, uh, breaking news, uh, worth your while, uh, question of the week, like all those different bits. And we'll, you know, we'll just see if they fill enough time to, to kind of make up an episode. And, you know, we'll still try and we still want to kind of maintain a science theme, but we can hopefully get that through in the sort of breaking news and question of the re- question of the week, yeah. instead of it being sort of a really sort of prolonged uh, kind of, you know, I, yeah. I do understand that something that length of time is just really hard. Um, yeah, to, to listen to, because like yeah, every, every episode, yeah. well, we had like the last two episodes were like two and a half hours each, and they were like a part one and a part two. So it's just mm. like bit too long when you're getting to like <laughs> yeah five hours for, sure. for a single topic so and yeah well yeah and i think it's you know it gives us more room to just do little bits here and there and you work through a topic slowly in parts rather than it being sort of all of it shoved down your throat at once yeah so yeah and, and yeah. the question like we generally have enough stuff to talk about for like you know a long time anyway so yeah, so I think that's... Yeah, I mean, we might still have to cut it short Yeah, <laughs> with how much we can blabber on. Yeah, yeah. that's all right. Okay, well, um, I guess we'll just uh, jump jump straight into our first bit then. Breaking news. Yeah. So, Tom, what is your breaking news this week? Ah, well, my, my breaking news, it's not... Well, it, it is like, it's an article that came out recently, but the actual um, news itself is well it's not it's not too breaking but i thought it was really interesting so um basically there's kind of like been over the last sort of uh sort of eight years there's been evidence building up for a planet existing in the solar system that is much bigger than earth um just orbiting very far out so um yeah so is this planet x um I'm not sure. It could be. Uh, I I don't really know what Planet X is exactly. Right. But right. like, um, it's like, um, so like in 2012, there were like two um, astronomers that observed that like th- there was this body orbiting the sun and it had like a weird elliptical orbit. So um, that like in theory, um, based on what their sort of models predicted, um, it shouldn't have actually been able to orbit uh, and it should have sort of been ejected from the orbit of the sun by like interactions with large planets mm. but then um you know and then they found another one of these well that well it was very similar to another one of these um bodies called sedna which has like a very elliptical orbit and this other one it was called 2012 vp113 also had a really elliptical Catchy orbit. Name. yeah it's pre- pretty pretty uh, they actually they called it um biden because um because right, of the vp right. So it was like a bit, huh. bit of a hilarious joke. Yeah. But, um, so like it's like all the asteroids today. Like they've just run out of things to call them, so they're just called like yeah <laughs> a combination of eighteen numbers and letters. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like I guess it make when you've got so many <laughs> they've got like millions of <laughs> recorded sort of yeah I th- yeah I think they, they are can't... on around a million asteroids discovered. Yeah, actually, or it might just be. That could be completely wrong. It might but, only be a hundred thousand, but I'm not sure. I don't know. You can imagine it would be like a million though, just with the amount of 
I don't know. Yeah, probably time, just with the but... Kuiper Belt and then getting out into everything. But, yeah. Um, no, I mean, the first 16 asteroids actually had, like, symbols. Oh, yeah. It'd be yeah. really cool if they all still had oh, symbols, yeah. but, I, I mean, that would, that would just be take so much time. very difficult. But it's a shame, you know? I, I think at least all the recognisable ones should have symbols. Yeah, I like, think they probably do name them if they're, like, um, if, if they're sort of quite distinct. Because they, um, they discovered another um, another body, which had, like, another weird ob- orbit um, in um, 2015, and they, they called that mm. the Goblin. So, like, oh, cool, that, that cool. one was significant enough for a name. Because it, it was sneaky, is that what? I th- yeah, I don't know. Because gr- it was kind of under the green, radar. Green Goblin, just, you know. <laughs> it was just a green body. Yeah, it was just p- pure green. Right, so, sorry, carry on. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the... so, anyway, they, they, dis- they said, like... Um, these orbits shouldn't actually exist uh, based on what we know is currently in the solar system. Uh, and they wow. kind of, their reasoning, and they kind of thought like, well, the reason that these, they, they do exist, which obviously they do, must be because there's some, some bigger like body in the solar system that is like keeping them in their orbits. You know, it's kind of like, they're not following it, but it's kind of like mm, it's like shepherding. Them. Yeah, yeah. That that was the right. word the uh, the article used actually. They said, yeah, yeah, they said yeah. Like shepherding. Because no, I've because I've heard them use shepherding when they talk about the um the moons that are in Saturn's rings. Oh yeah. Because uh, they help like sh- sh- uh, shepherd the the ice in the rings. Oh yeah. So yeah, sort of stops them from like going too far far astray. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they based on like their calculations, it'd have to be sort of between two and 15 times the size of Earth um, to Jesus. sort of have these effects, depending on, like, wow. what the actual radius is. So, yeah, it's, like, really s- very significant. And, oh, um, yeah. Yeah, so um, at the moment, because it's so far away from Earth, um, it, like, the, it's, like th- they have to, like... They, obviously, it hasn't been seen, but they have to... Um, there's a There's a sort of there's a new observatory called the Rubin Observatory that's just being, like, in the process of being built right now. Oh, and cool. Normally, a, a telescope um, will take sort of, like, months or years to scan the entire sky, but um, this Rubin Observatory, it's going to take sort of... It can do the entire sky in three nights. Oh, so, blimey. Um, basically, that means that it can scan for sort of differences between the, the images and it can look for moving bodies, which is what they want to find. So, you know, it, it should sort of completely change the way that people look at, um, you know, observe things in the solar system and should, mm. should lead to a lot of new... Right. So this, so this Rubin Observatory is just pretty significant in general, not just for, Yeah. Uh, I guess, this sort of unknown planetary body. Yeah, I think so. I, I've not, like... I've not looked too much into that. Um, Sounds really, like it'd be but... really good for predicting like meteor strikes. Yeah, yeah, probably it probably like would that. be, because mm. yeah, if you're looking for uh, for close things, there was a there was a meteor that passed quite close, sort of recently, I think, wasn't there? A big one. Yeah, I just, no, there was actually. I just saw it on um, Reddit. Um, it just said like, you you should know about the meteor. And it just said like oh, that passed by safely at a distance of three million kilometers or something. But, <laughs> but yeah, it was just like, a, it's quite a nice wide berth it's given us there. Yeah, yeah, quite quite sort of uh, convenient, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, it's that's the that's sort of a thing that's just so random, but it could just <laughs> could end all of all of the life. 
No, that's really cool actually. So how can how can the observatory do things so much significantly faster? You know, is there um, um is it new tech or is it just like to be honest, I'm is not it kind of automatic or I'm not really sure, but um, I'll sort of have to have a. There is an article about the Rubin. I don't really know what, why it's better or worse than like any other. So right. not not worse, better than any other. Sort of, uh, I guess maybe it's just bigger. Um, although, yeah. I guess maybe it, it kind of matters like where you build it as well. That's what I didn't realize. Yeah, I know it's kind of sounds a bit sort of. Um, bit stupid but uh, a bit ignorant but i i didn't realize that obviously there there are some strategic locations on earth where you're just going to get like a way better view of everything just just because of like low pollution levels and weather yeah. patterns and yeah somewhere like along those really dry and without clouds but yeah also yeah. without too much i mean does does the light pollution actually matter with telescopes or just the actual air pollution i i do think maybe there's probably like there's probably like a large element of refraction from the light pollution that might affect it. Yeah. Um. You know, so, but you know, you can just think about how you, when you go somewhere where you know the further you get away from a city, like the more vivid the stars are. Yeah. And that, you know, although that's probably an element of that is air pollution, it's definitely just like refraction as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I would assume it's a combination of factors, but. Yeah, and there's also a thing. Um... Like the, I think it was a somewhat recent um, development, not that recent, like it might have been like within the last sort of 20 or 30 years, so not not very recent at all, but like um, <laughs> it, uh, sort of the way um, the actual atmosphere itself um, causes, it causes the images that we get. If we take images from Earth and look at things from Earth, it sort of, they end up like really blurry because of the way the atmosphere sort of um refracts and diffracts the light that goes through mm. um compared to like images right. taken from like the hubble space telescope yeah, that's yeah. in space already so there was sort of um lots of stuff done to sort of control the um to sort of counteract the um the the that sort of refraction of the yeah of the light from the atmosphere so mm. like now now um, telescopes can actually take sort of space quality pictures from Earth, but it was sort of um, right because they've sort of learned how to counter yeah what what was sort of a change they didn't realize that was happening yeah but it was until as... they sort of got these hyper crisp pictures back well from yeah I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure I like they may maybe they always knew about it but it was sort of like I it was just sort of some weird thing. Um, because I, I only have a vague memory of what of watching this. It was just something put on in like a science lesson, but it was like um, this video of like a a mirrored material, and it had lots of like things pressing on it to sort of make it reflect the the light in a sort of way that counteracted the um, that sort of um, blurriness. And I thought that was just quite cool the way it was actually mm. done with like a physical method. Right. But, um, oh, that's really cool. But it was, I mean, that maybe that was just a, a sort of representation of it for simplicity, but it was like, I, I just thought that, <laughs> I just, re have, that's the only thing I really remember about it. It's just a vivid memory of this mirror. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> right. Yeah, so what what, what was your uh, breaking news? Uh, so, I, I, yeah, I don't think mine's as good as yours, really. That <laughs> sounds really cool, having this double Earth 
you know yeah i mean terrestrial well, body that sounds awesome yeah well we don't we don't even know it exists it could well, be like I guess so. lo- yeah. lots and lots of uh, just tiny things right but yeah what if it's what if it is like an earth-like body though that'd be awesome yeah yeah I it mean, would be really cool with an orbit like that though i imagine it gets like really hot at some points and then really cold at other points though if it's quite an elliptical orbit well yeah so i mean i guess it wouldn't really be that good for terraforming or anything no i mean i mean like um i think it it wouldn't get that like when we say it gets like close to the sun it would be like you know it it would probably be like a a hundred astronomical units or something oh right okay so still like really far so it's but still really, really far out. It's yeah, just like oh, okay. um, right, like between like one hundred and like a thousand um, oh. as like the furthest right. distance. So it's like it's right, still okay. really far at all times, yeah, basically. Yeah. I was definitely um, picturing it a lot closer. Nah, you know, I was thinking like closer in than the gas giants. You know, no, no, it's yeah, it's no, like way okay. way outside of that. Well, it makes so, sense. I mean, obviously, we would have found it if it was closer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, my article was just about. Um, like they've they've theorized for a long time that um due to like the pressures on uranus and neptune neptune that oh, yeah. um it would sort of rain diamonds quite close in the atmosphere because oh, yeah. of that high pressure um but they recently developed like a a new testing method called like x-ray thompson scattering yeah which like allows them to replicate that extreme pressure and they've been able to basically do an experiment and mimic that extreme atmosphere that's on those planets and um yeah it, it would be raining oh, right. on, on those planets that is really cool so yeah it's sort of um the the method they use is like <laughs> it's really really mental they like generate generate shock waves with lasers um which mimics the extreme conditions oh, yeah. of the pressure and then they take like a series of snapshots of the samples to sort of see what happens to the samples in that in those sort of nanosecond oh, yeah. intervals uh, with like this precise diffraction thing. It's it's far too physics-y for me, really. But um, it, it's really, really cool. And they said the technology is really applicable to when you're trying to mimic like any atmosphere. So oh. they're going to do some tests for like Venus's atmosphere. They're going to do some for uh, some of the Alpha Centauri planets, stuff like that. Oh, so right. I, I think it could be really cool for um, j- just testing out like what materials are going to yeah. survive in, in certain conditions and you know help us make sort of more robust technology to send there. Yeah, that that is. I think that's like yeah, because it's is that a sort of recent innovation then that sort of um, way of get sort of simulating the the high pressure. Mm, well, I think we've been able to simulate high pressure before, but I think it's the the way they're able to simulate um, like a, this precise high pressure. Yeah. But then also gather data on like what's happening to the sample. Yeah. I think is the hard thing, um, because when you're putting something under that high pressure, like how do you then actually look at what's happening to that sample? Yeah. You know. Um, so I think that's like partly really the technological advancement there is the actually ability to gather precise data from it yeah so is what is it is what they do um it's like they they sort of put the shock waves in and because the shock waves are kind of like they cause the um you know the um sort of spreading out and contraction of uh, of matter because that's like you know with like mm. longitudinal waves 
is that yeah, kind of yeah, is yeah. that kind of how it works sort of like the um you know you get areas of very low pressure but then the areas of very high pressure so they just sort of look at the areas of very high pressure is that kind of how it god i sort of I, I i really don't know tom but I, I mean i'd assume you're probably you're probably like climbing up the right tree there it's probably like yeah because it, well, it, it probably is along those those lanes. I, I feel like that's the only way you could really do it. Yeah, because that kind of makes sense, like with the, um, you know, having to look at it in sort of microseconds. Because it's, you know, it's like an area of high pressure, but then it's going to become an area of like very low pressure, sort of just like mm. a little bit later. So yeah, but yeah, that'll be be an interesting thing to like to look up how that that works really. Yeah, yeah, but I just um, it's sort of. I do think it's a cool, cool thing to think. You know, we we look at what's rare on our planet, yeah, and what we, you know the value we give things on our planet. But then, as soon as you go to a different planet, it's just like all those yeah, values are completely fully skewed. Yeah, and yeah. you know, you can sort of think about this, this sort of uh, far off future where you know all the different planets. Well, not all the different planets, but some of the planets have been colonized, and then you know. They're gonna have, yeah. and everyone's just trading. completely different levels of re- resources, aren't they? Yeah, and things will have completely different value. Yeah, yeah, because it's but like I just thought, thought it's pretty cool. Yeah, because because I mean it's kind of be kind of like um, you know, in sort of like two thousand years ago when like um, in some cultures sugar would be more valuable than gold mm, and stuff. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Of... No, that's true. True. I guess it's the exact same thing, isn't it? But just on like a, a cosmic scale. Yeah. 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 But you know, maybe you have these guys that are like the diamond harvesters. <laughs> yeah. But then out, out on Neptune. But then all they want is just, you know, they just want a bit bit of nitrogen and ammonia, you know. Yeah, exactly. They just <laughs> They just can't get it. No. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't, I think yours is much cooler, but um I think I think they're both pretty strong, you know. I think they're like I was I was like I was kind of mildly interested by that article enough that I thought I'd share it. Yeah. No, I I think it, I think it's it is like it's sort of weird we both choose like chose like space themed ones. Mm. Well, I think generally that's kind of what I go for, really. Yeah. It's like kind of the stuff I find the most interesting because it's like there's so much of it I don't know about, so it's sort of like an endless curiosity thing for me. Yeah. Doing that, doing sort of research in um in sort of like astronomy research, there's, there must just be so much waiting because you're you're just like waiting around for like sort of like seeing see i guess that's the same with any sort of research really that's so true though but it's like but i feel like especially with space stuff it's like yeah. like 20 years is like nothing in no in it's really space, not like, in like orbits and i stuff. mean what if what if you're the team that's sending that um you know have you seen that that cool sort of dragonfly like drone that they're gonna send to titan oh yeah to collect like methane ocean samples and <laughs> stuff and but how long is it gonna take to get there I think it takes like nine years to oh, get there, right. <laughs> or something ridiculous like that. And it's just like I can't, I can't imagine sending something, and then you just have to wait nine years. Yeah, but they have to even like. And see then it if could it just works. literally just like crash. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like the thing they like the stuff they sent to like Venus. It just like has mm. has like two minutes in the yeah. atmosphere. No, exactly. It was sort of. Um, I saw this funny thing where they were talking about how like impossible the conditions are on venus for like if you want to gather data yeah and um and then they were saying it's impossible for everyone except the russians because 
the Russians managed to actually get like that picture of Venus's surface. Yeah. You know? um, and it's just like no one's technology could have possibly survived <laughs> except the Russians. Yeah. And and even then. Even like... then, yeah, about three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think that like I guess like you've got the sort of thing in your mind of when it gets there, it's like it's literally like looking at another world up close. But mm. yeah, it's just so like so much time. <laughs> I think it's definitely worth it. I mean, it's like yeah. one of the coolest ones I saw was I think it was a Japanese company yeah. or it was Chinese. I can't remember. It was um, I think it was Japanese, but there's this meteorite called like. Itikawa or something like that. Oh yeah. Uh, sorry, it's an asteroid, not a meteorite. And um, they sent like a probe and actually gathered data from it and then um, brought it back. Yeah. Um, and well, not data. They go. Sorry, they gathered an actual sample. Yeah. And it was the first time someone had gathered a sample from an asteroid and and brought it back for analysis. You know, obviously we we have like asteroid parts just from from meteorites but i think it it was a really cool sort of pioneering moment to actually send something out collect a bit bring it back yeah it's sort of yeah it's sort of like so you're not just sending it there so it just sort of you know doesn't come back it's like a it's kind of a completely different thing because you've got to prepare it in sort of completely different ways to sort of have it oh yeah exactly like the asteroid space seems like such a one-way thing at the moment in terms of all the missions we send out but it was cool to see one that was kind of like more like the moon mission in a way where yeah it's you know getting back is even more important than getting out there yeah um which i feel like maybe people should like aim towards because then we'd get get all the you know get all the probes back to to do more tests i guess but um by then it's probably pretty outdated tech so it's pretty yeah. useless. Well, I mean, it's sort of it's somewhat useful just to sort of sort of get more, you know, to be able to like set off from a surface and accelerate efficiently. It's probably like you know very important when mm. it comes to sort of any like if 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 we ever plan on sending like manned missions anywhere, yeah, you know, yeah. like you need to do that. So it's kind of you might as well just start early, I guess. But but it's hard to. Um, yeah, I, I, it probably is just cheaper to send stuff on one-way missions. Yeah, and I, it probably does just come down to like a cost and risk thing. I mean, maybe like all the stuff you have to add for a return mission just makes it like way more risky to actually land something somewhere. Yeah. Because you have to into like land it somewhere with like enough fuel to get back. Yeah. And maybe just all that fuel is just such like an explosion risk on, on yeah. landing, you know, on impact. So, I, you know... Maybe people are like, yeah, okay, we're not getting it back, but this increases our chance of gathering data successfully by like thirty percent. Yeah. So it's like we're gonna do it, and ju- and just I the look- weight of the fuel, like. Well, for sure, yeah, you're right. That's a good point. I didn't even think the the extra, the extra mass, Cause, yeah, because it's like it's sort of with that thing with space travel, it's sort of, you know, the the amount of you know because it's already mostly fuel anyway, but um, mm. the weight, but it's sort of um. You know, the more the more mass you have, the more fuel you actually need. So it kind of ends up increasing sort of exponentially, sort of in that sort of amount of f- amount of fuel. So it's kind of it also just makes setting stuff off from Earth so much more, like so you know, energy consuming and well, expensive. yeah. But fuel does I mean, it, obviously pay for itself. 
in terms of lift, like the lift generated. Yeah, it, from, well, yeah. If it didn't, like you wouldn't be able the to mass. set exactly. anything off. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. But I do see but what it you still, mean. Like, it still more does fuel. Add, add mass. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, exactly. But yeah, should we um, should we get on to the question of the week? Yeah, the, sure. We, we shall. <laughs> So what was the what was the question? Yeah, so so to this this week's question um, of the week uh, is has been sent in by uh, by Miles. So uh, thank thank you for the, mm, for sending yeah, in this question. Thank you. And he asked us uh, what what has been the most important scientific discovery to date. Um, so oh wow yeah that's a bit general wow yeah it's it's a, it's a very general yeah. question but I think no, it's a good one. I think that's why it's good. It's like there's there's many answers to it. And there's also, you know, no, there's only one right answer. No, yeah, that is true. <laughs> you, yeah, and you I will, I will fight my corner. <laughs> I think the the the, uh, the listeners should sort of uh, recognise that the answer we decide on is is the objective right answer. So yeah, definitive. So I think you yeah, know, just so they know, like beforehand, that that it is it is correct. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's not a matter of opinion. Yeah. yeah. This this answer that we've uh, spent maybe like 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 forty five minutes sort of uh, researching, you know, forty five minutes. Oh blimey! Oh, <laughs> is that is that more than you've spent? It might be. Ah well, <laughs> but I just thought mine doesn't really need that much explanation because it is just yeah. so definitive. So. Yeah. But yes, right. So what what would be your answer to this, Tom? Ah well, I've kind of like. I kind of thought there's sort of there's sort of two aspects to like what makes an important like a a, a discovery sort of important. So you've mm. got kind of um, you've got like how useful it is, and then sort of um, like the novelty of it. So like you know you've got the usefulness is like how how much people benefit from it, and sort of how how much. Um, like how much they do benefit from it Mm, yeah yeah yeah. but um then you've also got sort of you know the um the bennett like the sort of aspect of like how you know if 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 it hadn't been like it's sort of like how how difficult of a discovery was it you know in terms Mm. of like would it have been like how how much longer would it have taken had it not been discovered at the time it was Right, and th- then how? What would have been the knock-on effects of it being like fifty years late? Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind right. of like, which is kind of um, sort of like it's not quite because I, I think a lot of the time it's just sort of the usefulness you might want to look at, but I think there's lots of sort of um, there's lots of like things um, that could be um, you know it, it's sort of um, the actual novelty of it's kind of important because some discoveries are kind of like if it, if they weren't discovered when they were. They probably would have been discovered by someone else, not that you know, not that much later. Oh yeah, but surely, in that case, right, it's still like it's still an important scientific discovery. Like yeah, it's still very it important. Matter, it doesn't matter who discovers it. Like I guess it does in a in a way, but at the end of the day, like something being discovered like a little bit later by someone else. If it's only a little bit later, I guess it wouldn't really affect the impact that much if if it was still utilized the same way. Yeah, I I guess I mean more sort of um, in terms of like how 
how likely it, is it that the discovery, like that we would have made it before today, really, I guess, um, is more the uh, thing. Okay, right. In right, terms yeah, of, yeah. yeah, so like, yeah, so like, but I guess that's kind of like a, a different thing, really. Um, but yeah, so I, I've kind of not got like a specific answer. Um, I've sort of got like lots of things that are, that I just generally think are like, sort of have like, use, like a very useful Right. Um, so you're saying you haven't got a definitive one-word answer? I don't. I, unfortunately, not. <laughs> oh no. But okay. Uh, I do have. Um, I do have Miles's answer uh, as oh, well. Right. So, um, well, I don't. <laughs> I don't well, I, I think um, it, it was just like uh, an answer for one of the things. Right. But, so uh, we we were we meant to analyze this as well, aren't we? As well, part of yeah. The we, question. we can give our thoughts. So. So he said um, he thought the the harbour process was a really uh, important scientific discovery, um, and the harbour process <laughs> is the the production of like ammonia from nitrogen, nitrogen and hydrogen. Okay. Um, so and this is basically used as a fertilizer. Um, mm. So um, you know it, this it basically mean it was the the first way that like a fertilizer could ever really be mass produced and uh it made it possible for like farmers to produce more f- more food and allows oh, yeah. like agriculture okay. to support a larger population so so yeah so that sort of basically like uh without the harbor process agriculture today wouldn't actually you know it wouldn't be able to support the population that we have mm, um right and also um you know, uh, there's like a fact of like roughly sort of between forty and sixty percent of the um, the proteins in your body use nitrogen that like originated with the harbor process, which oh wow, is kind of like yeah, kind of uh, that sort awesome. of shows how much of an inf- right. an influence it kind of has. Really, that's kind of cool as well because that's quite like an under the radar kind of discovery when you think about it. You know, you don't it's yeah. not something you hear about, but it's you know pretty influential in stopping global starvation yeah that, that was why i thought it was what yeah. thought it was interesting really. no it's a good answer yeah so like yeah so that that's the uh the listener's answer you know mm. um but then uh so so finn what what what's your answer oh well i mean uh, mine's not really uh it's just um i was just sort of to put it bluntly i just think electricity right yes yeah, it's, it's, I was it's very general that. but i think you know like when we got electricity, okay, early on, it's it's not really had like a huge impact on people's lives, but it electricity takes you down a road to a lot more complex things, which are really influential yeah. today. You know, without electricity, you never would have led down the path of like semiconductor electronics, which obviously has just completely revolutionized the 21st century. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like electricity gives us like automation. Yeah. And automation like frees up our time from, t- you know, tasks that just shouldn't have human involvement, basically. Um, and the more time you have freed up from stuff like that, it's just like more people can work on more complex things. And um, I-, I just think it's kind of it's pushed. You know, I, f- I feel like it, we we go down a lot of paths, but the the path of technological advancement is like such a constant um you know, after electricity, you know, we would, we would just, it sort of spurred this huge push and it's just not stopping, is it really? Yeah. If anything, it's just exponentially increasing. So, yeah. 
No, I, I guess that would kind of be my my argument for its sort of influence. Yeah, no, I, d- I definitely like. I think I would definitely kind of agree with that. Really, it was one of the things I had like written down mm. in, at the top. It's like you know, of of all the things that you could say that we sort of definitely rely on most out of anything right now, it's definitely electricity. Like it would, mm, mm. It would sort of you know, it would be uh, you know, there's, there's no way that we could have had any of the sort of advanced developments that we have had without it really you know in terms of like you know just any sort of long distance any sort of like you know the communication of from long distances oh, yeah. and yeah the the interconnectedness we've gained from like the benefits of electricity yeah. as well yeah that's a good point that's kind of and i think the other one that i was thinking about is like uh with batteries yeah like the, the ability to have an energy source like stored um and then kind of just like usable on on demand is quite an important thing you know yeah um, yeah i think that's that's a really sort of useful thing isn't it because um yeah just sort of so you don't have to be connected to some sort of generator at all times well yeah it's like and exactly it's sort of although you can sort of generate power from from like fossil fuels you know you're just you're just creating creating energy that you know you're sorry converting energy that way but i I think being able to then store it in a battery and uh give yourself a bit of portability without like you said a big generator is kind of a pretty significant step i think yeah towards just everything becoming easier yeah so yeah just sort of being it being it sort of is the sort of change from um electricity and stuff i guess being sort of like a a thing that you 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 need to sort of have a lot of equipment for to something much more sort of i guess like like the casual use of it yeah yeah i guess consumer level yeah yeah which is kind of you know it's quite an important it's like almost as important as like the actual discovery of it the sort of um sort of making it just normal to use it rather than like Mm. something that's really novel and sort of strange yeah i'm excited to see where batteries can go to be honest because i think there's like batteries are going to be the next big innovation yeah. you know that's that's what people have said and um, yeah yeah definitely i think um because you know like computers um like there's been like a they've got like whatever like billions or you know like a trillion times faster than they were like yeah, yeah. 40 years ago but batteries have only got sort of like 40 percent more efficient or something yeah i know so it's a business kind of like yeah it's just sort of so there's so much room for improvement in some exactly some like, innovation. If, even if we can make batteries that are like 10 times more effective than current batteries yeah. which like in terms of computing something becoming like 10 times more efficient or whatever isn't like a huge or 10 times faster or yeah you know that's not like a an out of yeah, it's not an out of character thing. <laughs> yeah. For, yeah, exactly. Quite, quite sort of common, really. Sort of every yeah, every yeah. few years, really. Every. So I, I, yeah, I think that could be pretty cool. But um, have you you got anything else uh, as um, well as electricity? Well, I've got sort of. It's not like a. I guess it's more of like an invention, and it's a bit of like a cheating sort of answer, um, than like <laughs> an actual scientific discovery. Um, but there's something. There's like. There's just sort of like very sort of um, fundamental things like the invention of like writing and stuff. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Which is just generally, you know, it, it sort of 
allows like ideas to be learned independently by people rather than sort of just existing in mm. people's heads which yeah, is like a no, very for sure. Thing. I, I saw a thing where they said that actually the first newspaper press was a really significant um oh yeah invention because it, you know it allowed knowledge to kind of yeah. become its own thing and become spread around um without yeah. being reliant on people and yeah sort of yeah. allows anyone to like learn yeah. things really i guess if we're going that basic then um in terms of like you said writing yeah. I, I guess language is probably the most important thing yeah probably to, to have ever happened yeah uh, in terms of human advancement i'd say i mean that's the only reason that's why they, well I, yeah obviously this isn't definitive but they're pretty sure the reason why we outcompeted all the other homo species is because of language because uh, it allowed us to coordinate and basically team up and kill off the others so um. yeah <laughs> yeah it's the only thing that's really that really makes us sort of more because it's kind of like any other sort of species doesn't really have anywhere nearer the, like the complexity well not that we know of mm. i think probably a lot of animals have a far more complex language than like we're willing to admit to be honest yeah i mean dolphins have names for each other and they're always chatting away yeah um we just we just don't understand their language but you know i i, I saw that they're actually working on decoding uh sort of marine mammal language and they've they've found a few sort of key markers that they can use to identify different i guess <laughs> airmark phrases oh, yeah. but um they're pretty sure they're going to be able to like decode it within like five ten years or something oh right which That's i cool. mean it, it would be pretty awesome if you could then mimic that and communicate back to them um obviously it wouldn't be d- to have a conversation with them but i mean yeah, more like you could sort of... you could be like oh stay away from this bit of the ocean yeah. it's not safe or yeah, something there's oil you know there. mimic a signal of yeah or you mimic a signal of like oh this is a good area to have like a mating ground if you've got like a protected area yeah and then all the whales that came within like hearing range of that would sort of come over and i don't know you yeah. could kind of have more of an impact on just keeping an eye on your whale population i guess but yeah i, I saw um a thing I don't know if it's like true or not, um, but I, I saw this. It's like because um, well, whales like then they sort of sing it, sort of the the same, or like like when they're talking to, the, to each other, do they sing at like the same frequency or something like that? Mm, but yeah, um, yeah. there's like there's like one whale that sings at like a frequency that's like way deeper than all the other whales, so like none none of them like can communicate with it or something it was yeah. just like a no that is true it's just like a sad thing uh, you know yeah it's but. really sad actually <laughs> yeah i know the one you're talking about yeah. um i'm pretty sure he's actually like yeah he has like some sort of uh i think he's like defective or something isn't he, yeah. he like sings in the wrong yeah the wrong frequency or resonance or something and um yeah, just <laughs> sig- signals just aren't picked up yeah. by other whales they just so. forever, but i guess like presumably they haven't like found the specific whale but they just like hear these frequencies that are way lower the um the sort of like the research i think they have they have found the whale oh right because um they needed to identify what the signal was coming from yeah because they assumed it was like a new species oh right um but it was just like a just i guess a faulty whale someone with like an awful singing voice yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's kind of sad though it's just like 
Maybe he like spent too long somewhere else and picked up like a foreign accent. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> Got brought um, up by dolphins. Just yeah, no, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But then you see that happening all the time. Them. Like that's the cool thing it's you know how like obviously in the african savannah all the herbivores are just sort of friends yeah because there's no reason not to be yeah um because you can sort of help each other out by keeping an eye out yeah and, uh it's a bit like that with marine mammals as well like all right. you'll always see dolphin species sort of uh podding up with each other oh yeah um you know you'll get like hectus dolphins with dusky dolphins you know podding together yeah um, which is really cool. Yeah. Considering they're really different types of dolphins as well. Like Hector's dolphins are tiny. Um, and then the dusky dolphins like huge oh, and right. really agile. Yeah. But they sort of still work together in a, in a pod. And yeah, I guess sort you, of, you see that with a lot of whales as well. I guess that way, um, you know, they kind of have to be kind of different because otherwise they sort of fulfill the same niche. Oh yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Competing yeah, with yeah. Each other. It was, it was a bit like that sort of grouper octopus symbiosis, you know? They hunt in different ways, and so because they hunt in different ways, they can hunt together, and then they cover all bases yeah. and just always catch fish. So yeah, they, as long as they're sort of hunting different things, it's like oh, they can sort of yeah, benefit yeah. each other. But you know, it's sort of like in India, you sort of have the monkeys in the trees, and they can call out for some predators, and then you have some birds that can call out for other predators, and then you have sort of. Um, your your herbivores, your you know your yeah. your ground herbivores that can call out for other predators as well, and each of them recognise the other's sort of panic, you know, calls, um, and so the minute you hear like the bird go off or the monkey go off, everything just bolts, yeah, because they're all just sort of rely on each other, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that's that that's cool that they can like they can all do that really, because uh, I mm. I hadn't thought about that actually. Yeah, because when you think about it, that sort of shows an understanding of each other's language, yeah. you know, so, sort of signals built up from previous experience, which is kind of all language is, isn't it? Yeah. You know, a word doesn't mean anything unless in context, and the context of that is there's a predator, yeah. you better run or you're going to get eaten, you know? Yeah, and you, so, you don't need to, like, you all use the same sounds because, you know, no, a, di- no, a different exactly. animal saying a different sound yeah. can mean the same yeah, thing yeah. to Exactly, to an animal. so these animals are even sort of having i guess they're not sort of they don't realize it but they're understanding yeah, the concept of different languages having the same yeah exactly yeah yeah that yeah that is cool but I, yeah because i didn't i didn't know that because um yeah you kind of you would you just sort of assume they're all in like their own herds really mm. but it's yeah it's not it's not really true no but, no all, all the herbivores of an ecosystem kind of look out for each other a little bit obviously some more than others um yeah, you know, you have your sort of like keystone lookouts, but yeah, um, it is cool. I think it, you know, it shows how. And and anytime something's going to be effective, like you're going to see it a lot in in the natural world, you know. Yeah, and you do see like a lot of symbiosis between herbivore species, and it it does just it makes sense, yeah. doesn't it? So yeah, it just naturally sort of is the uh, the best sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's a shame we didn't have more of a sort of uh, a sort of team up with the other Homo species. Really, I yeah. mean, we obviously we sort of, we did sort of breed with Neanderthals a bit early on, and they were kind of living in the same community as us. Because I don't think we really understood they were sort of genetically different at that point. Obviously, we they were probably just seen as a sort of different race to yeah. to the Homo sapiens in that area. You know, 
I guess but, sort of... Um, but the Neanderthals were far more suited to that environment, really. Yeah, yeah, sort of... Because there's the... Um, what? Yeah, I'm not sure what, what was the actual... Like, is, is there sort of a, a theorised reason for why we actually kind of ended up out-competing them? Besides, is it just sort of intelligence or... Well, yeah, well, they think it, Neanderthals didn't have uh, a language the same way we did. Oh, yeah. So, they, th- you know... They think it, it literally the definitive, like the deciding factor between who sort of outcompeted the others was was language. Just you know, yeah, a, a group of Homo sapiens could meet another and then f- form like a connected bond, and then you got a bigger population and people were looking out for each other and working together. Yeah, um, rather than just sort of like yeah, sort of individual disagreeing out of not understanding one another. Yeah, um, and I think it was just that we we were just like the most most effective team workers, which really is kind of, as an individual, you could barely do anything back then. But, uh, you know, it's sort of... Yeah. As, as, as a group, you could achieve so much more, obviously. It's just the same today, I guess, but... Yeah, because um, weren't, like, Neanderthals' um, brains actually, like, bigger than um, Homo sapien? Like brains. I'm not sure. I think I think they I think they were. I think because well, in terms of volume, yeah, in terms of volume, right? But um, obviously, like Neanderthals were like bigger, weren't they? Generally, they were uh, shorter. No, oh, were uh, they, not? they were. Oh, they were. They were. They were stockier. All oh, right, but they were. They were shorter in in height. Yeah, because um, shorter, stockier, hairier, um, sort of uh, much more adapted to a sort of colder climate. Oh, right. than we were as homo sapiens because obviously we were sort of we were a lot more set up for sort of african plains yeah um than we were for sort of a, a european yeah ice age but it just so. kind of like yeah I, I guess um yeah maybe because you sort of think like if their if their brains were bigger like what why, why, why could they not de- develop language but well, guess, yeah, maybe they were just missing that special piece for language, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think um, I guess maybe it's not about you know. You the know, actual you, you can look at people it, with like the, um, uh, like what severe what's severe autism and stuff like that, and I guess that sort of this clearly affected the communication part of their brain, hasn't it? Um, yeah. So it's clearly a, it's clearly is linked to do with your actual brain structure, or yeah, much m- much more so than how like, you're wired. What's actually. You know the the physical sort of size of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, although brain volume does play a big part in like general intelligence when we look at animals. Yeah. Um, like compared to body size, is kind of the main uh, indicator. Like I was saying before, an ostrich is pretty stupid. Yeah. Um, but then like a, a raven, a raven is really tiny. Yeah. But has like a pretty big brain for its size so yeah it's uh and it's a lot smarter not just because of that but it's an indicator yeah um but yeah i don't know I, so i guess yeah i guess i would i'd probably say like if we're talking really early on yeah it's not really a scientific discovery yeah, then language like but inventions and yeah yeah of. but i'd say like in terms of scientific discoveries i'd probably say like electricity and then like semiconductor electronics for yeah me, i would say yeah i sort of um i had a couple of um other answers um, like one just because I wanted to put like a more modern thing in, and that was like CRISPR technology. Mm. Oh um, yeah, yeah, for sure. More, more because it's got like a, it's got a lot of like potential to um, change sort of a lot of stuff really. 
Yeah, um, it is more a future one. Yeah. But it's sort of... Because um, there was a lot about it sort of like, you know, three or four years ago in terms of like like articles and YouTube videos and stuff. And then there's kind of not that... You know, there hasn't been quite as much about it recently. But I think isn't the reason for that more because it's sort of become quite common, like quite just quite commonplace sort of in labs, really. Mm. And that's yeah, kind yeah. of that's the reason for it, because the, you know, the developments in it aren't just aren't quite as exciting because they're just sort of like they're just normal. And yeah. Yeah. I think like you said, it's almost it's just like commonplace. It's taken taken for granted now. Yeah. But it, it has completely revolutionized that whole field. Because you can just do things so much easier, yeah. and, and just you cheaper. can have an effect on an individual, like it's not like a generational effect, you know. Yeah, and and cheaper, yeah. But it's just For yeah, sure. But it's just sort of like, um, you know, uh, just sort of like the the Kurtz Gazette um, video about it, mm. and um, it's it's just like kind of amazing the things they can actually um, sort of do with it, because um, you know, there was like um, there, there was like a thing where they um, injected. So they had these rats where sort of 99% of their body cells were infected with HIV. And mm. all they really did was sort of um, inject the rats with like the right sort of CRISPR um, stuff in their in their tails. And then like sort of 48% of their body cells just like were suddenly were like just became sort of were recovered from well, like HIV free. Right. Which was kind of like... Wow. You know, and it's kind of like yeah, just the sort of the um, the simplest snowball of effect of editing one part, and then it's sort of causing the the chain effect in all the all the other all the other cells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought, well, yeah, I just thought it was sort of, and it just makes it so much cheaper and all that stuff. So I think it's got a lot of potential for for that sort a of a lot of scary potential. Yeah, um, I think to be honest, we're probably going to have a bit of like an epigenetics crisis in the next 10 15 years um yeah i think it's i think it's very likely that it's like when we're talking about the dangers of ai i you know i think i think we've got like three things that could pr- probably potentially end the human race within like 10 50 yeah. <laughs> well, within like t- like 10 20 years maybe if we're not careful and it's either going to be like obviously like nuclear weapons and just how obscenely powerful and sort of under the radar deregulated they've become and yeah and then you've sort of got like ai which obviously links with nuclear weapons quite yeah. heavily but um and then you've also just got the whole world of epigenetics and the whole side of messing with things on on a scale where it could sort of snowball effect through all our ecosystems yeah. and just like completely destabilize yeah. the entire world or, or you know, you just release some some edited disease, which, I mean, we we all know how effective just like a, a virus can be. That's you know a natural virus, as yeah. far as we know. But I mean, when you talk about if you're editing something to become both like lethal and have like a high transfer rate, you know, yeah. if something like that gets out, you know, I just don't I don't see us pulling through something like that really. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, you know, it's, it's, nothing's going to wipe us out. There's just too many of us at the moment. But um, yeah, but it, it certainly still it could plunge us back, back into a nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I think that's sort of um, you know that that is the thing about something being sort of very easy, but also very powerful. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, if it if it gets into the hands of like the wrong people, and also like 
you know, if you don't have mm. sort of... Um, I, I almost feel like that's motives. maybe why you don't see as much news on it now as well, is yeah. because I think a lot of people are very scared about how powerful it could be. Yeah. And it's kind of people don't want to just constantly go on about talking about how you can use it in all these powerful ways. Just, you know, I just think the more people know about that, like the more people are going to sort of research more about it and find out how to like actually execute things and yeah. um, start some sort of splinter cell <laughs> yeah, uh, black market epigenetics crisis. Or, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, it, I'm it, just... But yeah, it, it, does, it does make sense. It, like it, It's a thing that sort of... You know, because you couldn't probably have stay of... quiet until we can regulate yeah. it. Because <laughs> it's sort of like you know, before before the CRISPR stuff, you couldn't you couldn't have like some sort of uh, indie genetic modifier guy. But um, you know, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. now it's like possible <laughs> indie. Yeah, indie. Oh yeah, no, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, sorry guys, this is just a bit of a passion project. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's I kind just, of blown I up just, recently. I you just know, want to turn my eyes yellow, guys. Come on. These genetically mutated rats with uh, wings, you know, from like (laughs) cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, just, yeah, so it's like, but yeah, but now that it's like, it's not, it's not that likely, but you know, if someone had like a moderate amount of funding, it's kind of like possible. Oh, yeah. I mean, like if you, if a government wanted to achieve something or if an organization wanted to achieve something now with CRISPR, like. Yeah, they... they they just probably could. Yeah, that's the thing. They just probably could, and a lot of people probably are <laughs> behind closed doors. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing I think that's quite interesting is you know how like people when they talk about cloning, yeah, like they always portray it as like oh it's not that effective. Like just look at Dolly the sheep, you know, just yeah. like she was like all weak and she died really early on and all this, but yeah. but actually cloning is like far more robust and. Uh, like actually viable than all the examples that people have shown. Yeah. Um, I just think maybe that's another thing that's just kept in the dark a bit. Yeah, I mean, like, because the sheep, like Dolly the sheep, that was like 1996. Well, and they didn't realise, but it actually had like a genetic disorder. Yeah. Oh, the 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 actual sheep sheep that they cloned. Yeah. Oh, right. (laughs) So that's kind of what it was proven to be. It wasn't actually an issue with the cloning. Yeah. If anything, that kind of highlights the cloning work well. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know, but it's it's sort of I don't I you won't be able to make me believe that they they cloned a sheep then and then since then just nothing. No one happened. has tried to clone anything more advanced than a sheep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's just not the case, is it? Yeah. Um. No. Yeah. And it I think make sense. I think also it doesn't matter too much because people aren't really bothered about making a clone of themselves yeah to that degree like unless you're an obsessive narcissist but um it would be more about being able to make a like a clone of yourself to then just like harvest your organs to give yourself your organs or um yeah or maybe a way of then like transferring your consciousness across to this younger fresh body of yourself (laughs) I, i don't know but so you, I, you, you I don't. To... No one's. No one's interesting in making an, another clone of themselves because it's not. They're not controlling the body. They're not the the consciousness yeah. within. All that people care about, I think, is like trying to find a way to extend the longevity of their consciousness, like in the yeah. current reality, 
which you know you you're gonna have to like if you want to try and transcend human lifespan you're gonna have to find a way to transfer your consciousness to yeah either a computer or, i mean if, if you were to or do... like a, a younger body i guess yeah i mean with a with a clone can you just like freely do sort of organ transplants without having to have any sort of immunosuppressant drugs oh yeah for sure but i mean you you don't need to do that anyway because they can already they've already been growing new organs oh, yeah. uh, with stem cells harvested from like the the patient so yeah um it's it's really you wouldn't it basically is cloning in yeah. a way but it's just cloning of of an organ but, yeah um just that tissue but it does kind of also show how <laughs> that technology could be applied to other levels but yeah <laughs> no I, I i don't know it's pretty off topic <laughs> yeah but it, it is like a a sort of danger there it's sort of yeah um, yeah because you... and, and maybe maybe crispr's even more dangerous than cloning in a way because crispr people can kind of splice themselves rather than sort of making a making another another thing you know they can they can actually have an effect on themselves you know what yeah. if people find ways to to splice themselves that just sort of makes them far better athletically or um, yeah it would probably get probably get banned initially Oh yeah, the... but what if, you know? But what if, what if there's ways you could splice yourself that would maybe improve your intelligence in terms yeah. of um, a way that you like retain information better or something, and then like everyone just starts splicing themselves because it's just this battle of who can, who's going to sort of keep developing their brain more and more. But yeah, um, I, yeah, like I said before, I think messing with the brain, there's as much chance of turning it to mush as there is to yeah like improve it so although i, I think maybe, maybe that will regulate itself i think with that sort of thing though there's this sort of um it's quite similar to plastic surgery now like obviously there are some people that are like really obsessed with it and try and sort of outdo each other with it you know and sort of like mm. get constant you know plastic mm. surgery operations but that's like a very very small minority of people and you can kind of imagine it's you know, I, I can't imagine like everyone would just be like splicing themselves in the same way that not everybody well, yeah. is like just sort of no, getting I, plastic yeah, yeah. surgery all the time. No, I mean you're so right. I think it's like when we're talking about that that chip that Elon Musk is wanting to start inserting to people's people's heads. It's um, there's people that are up for stuff like that, and there's people that yeah don't want to mess with stuff like that, and that that's that's fine, I guess. Yeah, I mean like. Yeah, I mean, sort of personally, I'd I'd be waiting quite a long time, really. <laughs> you know, to yeah, make sure I, it all works Yeah, properly. we we definitely stand differently on these because, like, I'm definitely the guy that would be willing to be an experiment for stuff like this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because, you know, it's like it's like any good uh, superhero origin story, isn't it? You know, you have to be the you have to be the test subject. It's got to be in it to win it. You've got to be the test subject for some new tech, and then the guy that makes the tech, like, or the the new sort of chemical or whatever that he sort of gets killed yeah. and then you're the only one with this uh this cool bio enhancement yeah you know? <laughs> yeah no, I, I think um being part of something like that as well would be pretty cool it's something a lot bigger than yourself so um yeah i think i don't know i'm just like i think it depends what I'm it is i'm happy, but... happy to let the people that are enthusiastic about it you yeah know? yeah exactly yeah there's there's enough people like me that i think would be up for stuff like that so yeah um enough sort of sci-fi geeks so yeah yeah right um well 
Should we should we round it up there? Yeah, um, I, th- I think that's pretty good. Yeah, a na- okay. natural round. But uh, thanks, thanks for question, Miles. It's a, it's yeah, a good one. It was good. Um, I don't know if we answered it definitively, but we sort of yeah. I mean, threw, we threw around don't some really topics. Need to. No, no. All right. Okay, so Tom, yes. uh, get your get your quiz I'll, hat off. I'll get my thing. Because it is time. I think it's time for a quite quick quiz. Right. Oh, lovely. So, I don't know if you're ready, but we'll I'm, we'll see I'm, how it goes. I'm always ready for a quiz. Yeah, yeah, okay. Any time of the day. That's right, so uh, Alex, our robot system will count you in, and oh. then um, I'll, I'll, I'll just get started from there. Yeah. So. Right, yeah. Three, two, one. Your time starts now. What is the rarest gas in Earth's atmosphere? Um, argon. In our solar system, which two planets don't have moons? Uh, uh, Neptune, Uranus. What is the largest moon of Saturn called? Uh, I don't know. Skip. Umami is the name of what five basic watts? Uh, I don't know. Skip. Which frozen gas forms dry ice? Oh, uh, carbon dioxide. What disease can you get from ticks? Uh, Lyme disease. No, I think. Uh, yeah. What What is the um the rarest gas in the atmosphere? Uh, Krypton. Oh right. <laughs> well, it's pretty hard to be honest. Yeah. Like I, I would not have known that. Yeah. Um, at all. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't get which um. Two planets in our solar system don't have moons, though. Actually, which which two is it? What which two do you think oh, is it? Is? it M- if you had a bit Venus. more time, yeah, 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 yeah. Sort of thinking about it now, I was just sort of like moving out from um, from, from Earth. Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my geos geocentric point of view, you know. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah, but um, I I think I was just like. Well, yeah, I, I sort of knew which ones. I knew like it wasn't <laughs> some, and then I just sort of got to the end, and, you and just I was panicked. like, "Well, it's got to be the, the last two, you know." <laughs> oh well, I know Mars has moons. Yeah, Jupiter has like eighty-seven. Lots. Yeah, and Saturn has like sixty. Saturn also so has moons. So yeah, so it's just no. And uh, umami is uh, a, a type of taste. A type One of the five basic. Um, you know, you can have something that's... Do you call them tastes or uh, categories of taste? I don't oh, know. Right. You know how you have sweet? Oh, yeah. Um, so, um, I don't actually know what the five are. Is it sweet, salty? Well, there's no, you, there's, no S, there's no S's in umami. I guess, well, would it be like bitter? Bitter, sweet, umami. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, sour. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so that's four. I don't really get how sour is different to bitter, but uh, no, no, actually, they are. Yeah, yeah okay. they are different. Yeah, 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 for sure. Acidic, soury taste. I don't know. Oh, is it? it is acidic one of them? I, I, uh, acidic's no kind of like sour, isn't it? Really? Because that's uh, kind of like... well, yeah, okay. I don't know. I'm not sure. We'll have to look it up. Maybe I shouldn't have asked the question that I don't know that much about. <laughs> but yeah, you got the dry ice one. Um, it's kind of interesting. I, I actually, I didn't realize that. Um. What about dry ice? Yeah, I, I thought I, for some reason I thought it was um, oh, just 
I don't even want to say what I thought it was, but I didn't think it was CO2. Do you think it was dry water? No, I, I knew it wasn't dry water. Uh, I thought it was like nitrogen or something. All right. But... And it's not, I mean, it's not like an unreasonable guess. They're, yeah, they're it sort of light. made sense that people would just be allowed to have dry ice if it was just releasing nitrogen into the atmosphere. So yeah. that was kind of my thought process. <laughs> but it's just CO2. So yeah. That's doesn't really sound that good. I mean, I guess, I mean, it's such a small amount that yeah, it's like, it doesn't probably. really matter. No, but I meant more if people use, like, dry ice indoors. Surely you can just, like, fill a space with, C- with CO2. I, I think you, you can, actually. And I think you kind of, like... Because they're um, not really supposed to <laughs> sort of do it too much. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, it's like you don't need that much um, of a concentration of CO2 before it just... Because CO2 is, like, equally um, poisonous mm. as uh, carbon monoxide. It's just that oh, CO2 yeah. is lighter than air. Like, no, yeah. not lighter than air, but, like, you know, see, like carbon monoxide is more dense than air, so it stays at sort of, yeah, like, yeah. your sort of level. So, mm, that, so you're mm, just more likely to breathe it in. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, you don't, you definitely don't want to sort of be I in... heard a crazy story about carbon monoxide the other day, right? Yeah. So this guy, like, found a post-it note, like, in his house in the morning. Oh, uh, yeah. With, like, a list of, yeah, like, shopping... St- yeah, I don't... Yeah, it sounds like you know it, but... But, yeah. I'll, I'll say it anyway, yeah. And, um, sort of, it was like a shopping list, but it was like in handwriting he didn't recognise, and no one had been in his house, and no one had broken in, and he just assumed he must have been like tired and and written it or whatever, and just like, um, yeah, didn't remember. But uh, it then happened like the next day, and there was like a a ton of post-it notes in his house, yeah, <laughs> and he was just getting like really like scared that some psychopath was like breaking into his house to just write in post-it notes yeah. and all this. And then uh, he, like, put it on Reddit. And someone on Reddit suggested, like, oh, have you checked, like, the carbon monoxide levels in your house? Because uh, it might just be sort of slowly turning you a bit insane and <laughs> sort of um, yeah. you'll have no recollection of the previous day and stuff like yeah. this and just sort of disassociating from your own reality. And and yeah. so he, like, bought, a, a like, a tester and found out it was literally just this carbon monoxide level in his house was just slowly killing him. Yeah, uh, and the guy basically just saved his life. The uh, yeah, the rip guy on Reddit. Exactly, but it's just crazy, yeah. isn't it? I, you know how freaky would that be? Not having this recollection of these post-it yeah. notes. Yeah, that would be really. Oh my like... god! <laughs> I think it's quite a cool idea for like a short film or something. Yeah, yeah, just like a short like kind of horror film care. where you think it's constantly like there's going to be some evil guy behind it, but it's just really just him talking to himself as he's trying to like. Yeah. stop himself from dying yeah yeah i think that no, that's cool that's cool i think there's like there's a film called like the um the machinist where i think that happens it's sort of like you sort of oh, see right. these post-it notes sort of appear around i mean it's a, it's about like other stuff so the post-it notes are just kind of like a small bit of the plot mm, mm. But, um, but it but it's him talking to himself is it uh yeah i think so i think it is but i'm right. not yeah i, I yeah. can't fully remember but it's a good film though it's worth worth watching Nice. It's one, um, the one that Christian Christian Bale gets really skinny for. Mm, yeah, I thought it was that one. Yeah. No, what an amazing actor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to worry about that diabetes, though. That's the only thing. Yeah. I mean, it's like with Tom Hanks. That's how he got it, wasn't it? Sort of that. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of actors that change their weight a lot for roles t- t- tend to get diabetes just oh, right. because it's like really 
your body's not used to just going through this constant cycle of weight change. Yeah. Uh, and it just messes up your levels and leads to leads to diabetes. Yeah. Like um, Tom Hanks obviously stripped all the way down for Castaway. Oh right. Yeah. Um, and then he was like plumping up for some other roles, and I think just any actor, it's you only really see it in those actors that are just so dedicated to filling the role that they're just, you know, they'll just completely adjust their physiology. Yeah. Uh, for the sake of the role, which I appreciate, but they do need to be careful. Yeah, but it is like, yeah, that sort of um, with the with Christian Bale on um, the Machinist, that like he must have just been on on the verge of death. Like, oh yeah. Because if you just look at him, like what he just sort of looks like so, just so unhealthy. Mm. But like, yeah. No, I certainly couldn't do that. You you know I have the metabolism of a, of yeah, a shrew. Just... So I mean I, I'm sure if I just didn't eat for like two days, I could just become an absolute skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> now I think there's like, there's much more pleasant ways to um, to like make a living. I think. Than just starving yourself. Well, yeah, but, but um, I mean, yeah, it's because of the dedication. Being to an actor own, is, yeah, exactly, sort of yeah, more it's than sort anything of, else. But. Yeah, exactly. You're right. I think it's it shows sort of the the grit of a, a true actor. You know, yeah. sort of actually fully. Is it method acting where yeah. you get really into the role? Yeah, mm. that, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, Tom, this sort of um, brings us on to. I think I think both our favourite segments, yeah. as, as I said it's before. Just a cracking segment, really. But yeah, I don't know if you want to intro us. Uh... All right, well, <laughs> I can give it a go, but we'll see. So, duh, 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 ant of the week. Oh, just uh, it was all yeah. I sort of missed a beat there, but yeah, you did miss of, a beat. It was, it was but a, it was an interesting change. It sort of maybe su- a welcome sub- change subverts the expectations, you know, really. Yeah. But yeah, what is your ant of the week, Tom? Yeah, my my ant of the week is uh, known as the diving ant. So um, oh, cool. So they uh, basically they like the the Camponitus schmitzi. They uh, they li- <laughs> <laughs> they live inside the um, the uh, <laughs> the the, car- the carnivorous um, like pitcher plant, which is. Uh, Oh, wicked! N- Nepenthes um, bacala. Bac- uh, I'm not. I'll not say that actually. God, you're really whipping out the yeah. Latin names. I, yeah, you, you can tell I've just got this straight off Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, so basically, a a, a pitcher pla- a plant. Sorry, a pitcher plant is basically like a a plant that's kind of like it's like a big long sort of quite thick straw shape, um, mm. and the straw is full of sort of digesting sort of stomach acid sort of things um so when insects fall into them they um they get digested uh by the plant and the plant uses that for for nutrients so anyway so yeah the... it's basically a trombone filled with uh acid yeah but... exactly yeah the best type of trombone really they're really amazing actually i've, I've seen them uh actually in oh, the yeah. jungle um they're, they're really really awesome they're often in like um Karangas forest which oh, yeah. is kind of like um poor poor soil quality and like not thick soil yeah um and so they they sort of make up for that lack of nutrients by obviously eating yeah, yeah. digesting the insects yeah they have um, to but, but they're yeah they're really awesome and i think some release like pheromones which the insects yeah. uh, are attracted by yeah, and sort of like sweet they, they do just have stuff. like a exactly a sweet sort of 
I think they have a bit of like a sucrose solution, maybe. Yeah. Uh, to like that sort of drips down the side. Yeah. To sort of trick them into coming in. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the this plant, it, you know, it basically it, it eats the the insects. Um, but the the ants they live like sort of basically sort of in you know in kind of in the plant sort of on in a sort of safe bit of it, and mm. um, whenever they um need to eat they they go down the uh the sort of pit of the plant and swim to the bottom of the digestive juices <laughs> and then they fish out like little insects that have fallen wow in. um, how can they swim in it well that's kind of the the thing really they do i think they have like slight sort of defense against it <clears throat> but the real reason is just because they they aren't in it too long um and they so they're just not in it long enough to get digested mm. um so like the ants can the ants can like swim, um, kind of, but um, the swimming is at like that. Someone at the, uh, the University of um, Freiburg in Germany, um, they sort of looked at how the ants swam, um, like under a microscope, and they they found out that they swam in exactly the same way that they walk on land, <laughs> um, which is just right. they're just like walking through the water. Um, so it's sort of like moving the f- like three sort of three legs in like a tripod so like fr- you know front one back one and then the middle one mm, on the other mm. side so they don't then... they don't actually have a swimming technique no oh that's quite sad so... I, I was kind of imagining an ant <laughs> yeah, doing just, like, like breaststroke yeah 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 i mean they'd, they'd probably be pretty good at it with like six legs you know but be like little little speed boots <laughs> <laughs> but like so because of that um because they don't really have a swimming tw- technique kind of like implies that this sort of swimming down to the bottom of the stomach acid of this this plant um is quite a recent adaptation really because ah, if it had taken place yeah. like a long time ago then it they probably would have like developed you know more of a technique for it or um, some some sort of adaptations that would help them like yeah. little paddles or something yeah but yeah. but they don't really have that so it it's kind mm. of like you know it's probably like kind of recent but um yeah, so like normally, but actually they do have one ad- adaptation, um, and that's that normally because of surface tension, the the ants because the ants are so light, they would have just sort of stayed on the surface of the water. But, oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. By surf- like, like a like a pond skipper. Yeah, but um, but these ants because they're they're kind of like covered in a like in a, in a sort of substance that's just not quite as water repellent as the normal sort of you know normal ant skin is. Mm. So they're, um... we were talking about that actually last episode about how we hadn't seen ants get muddy so they must have oh, like yeah. a hydrophobic uh, surface yeah or something yeah. yeah so I think yeah just sort of the the surface tension really kind of like um I guess maybe that works with the the mud as well just sort of like stops it sticking to them <laughs> but um yeah so that sort of is what allows them to actually dive into the water oh cool um, but yeah they there's kind of like because sort of a bit of debate as to like whether they're kind of purely parasitic or whether they're you know there's like a bit of a symbiotic relationship mm. going on right so um you know what would ca- the pitcher plant get out of it yeah i mean there's kind of like a theory that um they they detect like they only take out certain body parts that like the uh the plant can't really digest that well um you know so it sort of prevents a bit of a build-up and you know, and also sort of preventing like the buildup of sort of detritus in the fluids, right? And oh, keeping okay. it like kind of clean, right? But that's sort okay. of just 
just like hypothesized really as like a well, reason. Well, that makes sense because I guess if you were an insect, you're less likely to go into the soup if it's like full of other dead insects. Aren't yeah. You? Yeah. So uh, right. I think it's so that's sort of the declogging of the. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So oh, I think that's it, so cool. It kind of makes sense. I think uh, it's sort yeah, of, it does. Yeah. It's not really um, sort of cemented as being like a hundred percent true. Oh yeah. But it's just like but a. It, a bit I mean, a it's logical, isn't it? So. Yeah. yeah it's sort of. I'm happy to accept that for yeah. now. Oh, that, that sounds good. cool. <laughs> yeah, that's wicked. Yeah. I didn't know that at all. Yeah, yeah, I didn't either. Like, hadn't heard of them at all. What is your uh, what's your ant of the week? Ah, so mine is the the shining guest ant. Ooh. So, I quite like this guy because it's kind of funny to me. I mean, ants are such a diverse group. Yeah. That there's just ants that like parasite off other ants. Oh, right. <laughs> it's just that many ants. Yeah. So. The shining guest ant like doesn't make its own colony. It just like um, just like finds a colony of ants and just joins it. Oh, right, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, so they, they like they basically like sneak into like a host colony. Yeah, and then they'll just have like the queen just like pumping out eggs, and then just they basically just like um, find where like the, the sort of the food channel is for the for the the host colony yeah and they'll just be like oh i'll take this from here <laughs> and then just go and take the food and take it to their queen instead oh. <laughs> um, so it's just really it's really sad for yeah. the host colony because they're just sort of they're just getting taxed you know, yeah pretty much it's really that, and you can have like cool. multiple different colonies can they of um, these guest ants in like parasiting off the same oh, host yeah. <laughs> and then they they're just like this colony's just getting taxed like eighty like percent of its yeah. <laughs> nutrients. Can um can they like tax each other the um the guest ants? No, they don't actually. Yeah. Uh. Um, they I think they recognise that the other ones as guest ants yeah. and don't mess with them. Yeah. Uh. Which is even funkier. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're different colonies, so you wouldn't think that they would actually sort of have an alliance at all. But yeah. It's more like just. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's really weird, but they're sort of um, they they wonder how they can do it because ants are really good at recognizing like if something is you know part of its colony or not. Yeah. But these ants have clearly just found a way to trick the, the like the yeah just trick the system. So they think um, it would either be to do with uh, they th- they think they taste awful. Yeah. Um, and ants use their mouths basically like hands yeah. you know like the taste is a signal for them just as much as touch is for us all oh, right um they think maybe they would have just been interacting with these ants and be like oh god that is awful i'm just not going to even think about that yeah <laughs> and then just sort of just stay out of the way of them i guess yeah um because they know it's like not a food source they can't really mess with them um and i guess they just have to accept accept them basically <laughs> yeah but also there's theories that it would be like uh because ants do a lot of stuff based on pheromones yeah and so they think it might be like the the guest ants kind of pick up the pheromone of the host colony because it's not always the same type of ant that they're that is the host colony you know it's often wood ants but then it could be something else as well yeah um and so they think they pick up the pheromone signals and then basically just like mimic them yeah uh, and sort of output this same pheromone signal yeah um, and the reason they think they might do this is because it's shown in the guest ants that when they reproduce they do it via hormone signaling yeah so they're clearly already able to adjust their hormone levels uh, to, sorry adjust their pheromone signals um 
so they think that was, that's probably yeah how, and i guess they're doing it i guess they could sort of yeah they can kind of like pick up the hormones from what the the pheromones from um from the ants in the colony and it's kind of like i guess they if they can change it they kind of like might know what to do a little bit mm, but mm. but yeah i just i just think it's so so funny that you know this ant colony's cracking away yeah and they're like wait a minute you guys don't yeah. look like us they just they don't look even quite notice. different and but they're just like it's just like yeah we'll we'll um give, give me that bit of food i'm just gonna run it down this corridor don't yeah. worry about where it's going <laughs> yeah um yeah i, I guess know, and obviously it sort of just grows to a point where it's sort of the same size as like the the host ant colony yeah. i guess they can sort of get away with it you know with it being like a, a sort of you know none of them being able to think independently yeah no like, I, th- I think that's definitely that's what it is the reason they they can actually get away with it yeah yeah true you're, you're just tricking the hive mind yeah. aren't you because it's not it's like just... there's there's going to be any upstanding ind- individuals that just kind of like <laughs> like make make a bit of a who is this guy yeah yeah well maybe i mean obviously in some ant colonies you have like your your soldier ants and they're going to be sort of keeping everyone else in check you know yeah uh to some degree but but no i, I know what you mean it's sort of it's clearly an easier environment to sort of intercept than like a herd of individuals yeah but yeah that's that's really cool though because like yeah i hadn't thought about um ants actually just exactly yeah, just parasiting off of i guess i guess when they're different species they're just like they're just different enough to sort of for it to not really make any difference as to whether they're parasiting off another ant species or like an, just another species of insect yeah yeah or... that's that's what i mean it's yeah. the amazing thing about ants they're so diverse that they just there's a version that parasites off another version. Yeah. You know, sort of, you don't really get that with other animals. Yeah. You know, the parasites are always a completely different animal. Yeah. Um, but ants are just weird and wonderful enough. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I think your ant wins. I think it's really no, cool. I, I, I think I think yours is like, yours is quite cool though as well, because it's like, yeah, I, it just sort of I think I hadn't yeah hadn't thought about like, <laughs> you know, they're both par- they're they're both quite parasitic. Mm. But yours is kind of a bit more symbiosis though, and I like yeah. the idea of an ant swimming in the soup. Yeah, know? the Just digestive soup. Yeah, Try you know, it's not. kind of like um, dipping your dipping your toes in, like, you know, they're sort of they're just going in. Yeah, for just that quickly, enough time. Like whereas two minutes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's a horrible thought to think. You know, if you were swimming in digestive juices, you know, you have about you have a good like thirty seconds before it starts breaking down your, yeah. your outer <laughs> layers. You know. Yeah, it sort of makes you wonder. Like, I, I sort of wonder if their um, if their outer sort of layer is just sort of slowly over the course of their lifetime just being mm. like broken down. Well, it probably is. It yeah. probably is. I guess, I guess it ants really don't really live much. long enough for it to matter. Yeah, because it's just constant recycling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they probably wouldn't know that there's actually anything happening. Yeah. Right? Actually, well, maybe not at first, but actually, I've just thought because obviously they're get, getting or, getting digested is going to be painful or maybe maybe just maybe just every ant maybe that's the symbiotic like relationship every ant's last sort of breath is just like they just have like one trip where their their sort of outer layer is just a bit too thin and then they Mm. just get digested right right yeah okay but but it sort of serves the colony that they can do like four or five trips before they sort of end up but then it helps the plant because it's getting like an ant every four or five trips yeah yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah probably it yeah it kind of like 
it would make sense, but it sort of <laughs> makes it a bit darker. Yeah, that does make it pretty dark, actually. That they just yeah, no, I think that definitely wins. That's pretty messed up, actually. <laughs> yeah. Poor ants. Yeah, I don't know if that's actually right, <laughs> but <laughs> but if it is, and then when can... the ants hang out, they just like hang out based on like. So, yeah. how many trips have you done? Yeah. Oh my god, he's a five tripper. Yeah. He's definitely going to get dissolved next and then, time. Then there's just one ant like in the corner, in the corner, <laughs> yeah. like smoking a cigarette. Like, <laughs> so, oh, I've done thirty-five trips. Yeah. Still got a thick, <laughs> thick outer layer. Yeah, he was just born with like a mutation. Yeah. He just doesn't get. He's got like a thick outer layer. Yeah. yeah. Or he just secretly, <laughs> instead of actually like going into the fluid, he just sort of circles oh, around. You know. He's just like just a fishing rod. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when those ants invent fishing, the the plant's a bit screwed. But Well you could see maybe that becoming an adaptation that comes in like <laughs> an ant with like long enough mandibles that it can just stick them <laughs> yeah. in and like pick stuff out without dissolving the body. Yeah. <laughs> They'd have to be and like then that would eventually become long and long and long enough that it would just be like having like a massive sort of um like a pair of chopsticks yeah. on the end of your face. They'd yeah. have to be, like, at least three centimetres long, though. Yeah, they would. It would kind of be like the trap jaw ant, but with, yeah. like, even longer mandibles. Yeah. But <laughs> It'd just be, be so awesome. impractical. The fishing ant. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's still to come, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think hopefully in the next sort of million I, years. Yeah, I hope I live long enough to see the fishing ant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe think... we'll just have to use CRISPR to make it, you know? I think, yeah, I think it's kind of like, <laughs> that's on, like, another level to... Um sort of waiting for technological developments <laughs> <laughs> waiting for evolution. waiting for a new species yeah well that did happen fairly recently there was like uh there was like this they had some like slinks or something and then they just like started not having arms when they were born yeah <laughs> and so they were just seeing the natural evolution of it into snakes pretty much yeah but i guess it w- it was a new species but it wasn't like i guess it wasn't a huge step you know yeah we, you know, the difference between like a species and its nearest relative is always so minor. Like, yeah, I guess it's not always minor. Sometimes it's significant, but yeah, but the insects generally is like, so minor. Yeah. It'll be like, oh, this insect has like a four-segment thorax, and this one has like a five-segment thorax. And yeah. it's like, wow, that's really awesome. That, that is, yeah, interesting. But, but then you have one where it's like, oh, this species does this really unique thing not seen in another species, yeah. and you're like, how can that be considered? just yeah, a species difference from yeah. yeah exactly yeah i guess but, i guess sort of yeah. um you know the sort of difference in dna doesn't necessarily correlate to sort of how different they appear mm. oh yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah so should we uh should we round yeah. up with uh, get, our last, get on to the final last segment. segment yeah 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 here are some things we think are worth your while right yeah so well, what is your what's your worth worth your while? Well, for today, Tom? I've I've gone first in in the other ones, you know. Oh, okay. All right, sure, sure. Uh, so I was just going to recommend. Uh, I did a thing. The the YouTube oh, yeah. channel. Yeah. <laughs> um, sort of, he's just like a sort of a fun guy that does kind of like very pseudo science experiments. Yeah. <laughs> just sort of stupid stuff, but like I I don't know. It's it's just he's got this really nice dry humor and um yeah like no, his yeah. videos are actually ge- like genuinely interesting sometimes yeah um like there's always like an underlying thing where you're like huh that was actually kind of interesting you know i didn't expect something like that but yeah. um i don't i don't know it's, it's just fun and 
yeah, just no, reminds me he, he of like really good, I think. having a thought and then just doing an experiment. But you know, he's actually fully committing to the idea. You know, yeah. sort of. I wish I sort of had the same ability to commit to, you know, answering a question that I had at the back of my mind. You know, but it's just it's just good fun. Yeah, so I, I just recommend I, that I, I did a thing. I think my favorite one um, of his is when he says like, <laughs> when it's just like trying to make gloves out of bread. <laughs> it's just because it's like it's just so stupid like such a stupid idea that it's just kind of <laughs> that it's just funny yeah i think that's i, like... I think i think for me i really like the um the one where he's like seeing like if you could bite your finger off as easily oh, yeah. as a carrot just because like he like gets a human skull yeah and it's just like where the hell did he get a human skull yeah from? <laughs> And then there's just, like, loads of bits where he's just, like, biting on his finger proper hard. Yeah. Like, actually trying to bite it off. And yeah. I just, it's so amusing. But, yeah, but it's just, like, his method of doing it is, like, yeah, getting the skull and then just, like, stupid. dropping a brick on it or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, it's like, yeah, he puts the carrot in the mouth, doesn't he? Or, yeah. Or doesn't he, yeah, oh. No, the one where he tried to see if a vacuum could pull your eye out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he just used, like, a pig's skull, a pig's head. Yeah. And just, like, tried to vacuum out a pig's eye. Yeah. It was just... I, I mean, was kind it, of some of them are disgusting, pretty man. disgusting. But there's some more sort of wholesome videos, yeah. like, do bees actually like jazz and seducing frogs with jazz. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. They're, they're just good fun. Yeah. But Yeah, it's definitely worth watching that, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what about you? What is your worth yeah. your while for today? Matt. My uh my worth your while is um well it's a it's a film I, I watched watched it a decent while ago, but you know I think it's like I I really I think it's like definitely worth recommending. It's the film um, mm. you you def well you probably probably well I know you've seen it, Finn, but like um as the as a listener you probably heard of it because it won lots of awards, but definitely watch um Parasite. It's just like mm. Mm. yeah I I just think it's um you know it's kind of like. For me, it's like a an almost sort of like perfect blend of like stuff, really, of like comedy and kind of um, you know a plot that's really interesting. Yeah, darker and, side notes. And, yeah, and sort of so- yeah. social commentary and stuff. So I, I thought, mm. yeah, I, I think for me it was like was one of the best sort of um, yeah fil- films. Yeah, it I've kind seen of ticked all the time, boxes, really. didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just sort of like the uh, just the originality of all the of kind of like. Just sort of every idea in it really was really, you know. I yeah, just, I, yeah, I like sort of some of the uh, some of the parts of it that just seem completely irrelevant, but then they'd like come around and yeah. sort of matter. And um, yeah, it's really like like, like you said, it it is really comedic actually. Yeah, but um, it's kind of it's so, not like the it's not forced. It's quite natural. Yeah, uh, naturally embedded. Yeah, it's kind of like the whole at the start sort of like the whole sort of situation is just mm. really like sort of <laughs> funny how like how how just all of the stuff sort of works and how yeah it's it's just yeah it's just definitely worth watching I yeah think. exactly it's hard to yeah. talk about it without yeah, you, sort of just saying things it. but yeah 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 exactly yeah because it is still a recent film i guess you have yeah. to be like conscious of spoilers but no i agree that's sick that yeah. film very yeah good. i'm i'm kind of like even if it's not a recent film unless it's like just something incredibly like really famous that just everyone yeah, yeah. knows what happens in it i just think like generally just avoid spoiling it you know 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because it's like people say, oh, if you haven't watched it, like, after two years, like, you should be ready for spoilers. But that's just, like, stupid. Because you can't watch every piece of media that comes out in, like... So Although it, it, it can be a bit like crazy. Like I saw this stand-up comedian and he wanted to talk about Game of Thrones. Yeah. And he was like, and then this guy in the audience was just like, um, don't don't talk about Game of Thrones. I've not watched it yet. <laughs> the, the guy's like, oh, what season are you on? It's like, I've not started yet. <laughs> <laughs> and it, this was like recently. And it's like, well, yeah. Yeah, like, but... I think I think he should be allowed to talk about it. And, yeah, um, and he was like, I'm, "I'm still I'm halfway through reading the books. Don't spoil it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, yeah, I guess that's kind of like it's kind of different. I mean, just sort of more like because um, he's sort of written jokes about it, so it's kind of like <laughs> it's like a bit different. But if you just sort of like say this happens at the end of this, mm. it's just a bit. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. N- no yeah, need yeah. to ruin the fun, you know. No, exactly. Right, cool. Well, uh, thank you for listening, yeah, and we'll you. see you again shortly. We're going to sort of, I think, get episodes out a bit more now, but a bit shorter go for the shorter format yeah. and, and see how that runs. I mean, this hasn't ended up being as short yeah. as expected, but um, I'm sure we can we can find ways yeah. to slice that, it down a bit. That kind of shows like that what <laughs> we don't really need a specific topic. Oh, 100%. The, the, the question yeah. can be like yeah. the main topic, and that's kind of like, that's it really. Yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, goodbye. Yes. Nighty night.